0: Hi, this is Pete and Tim, and it's record time. We often listen to music in a disconnected stream of different songs. The radio, playlists on shuffle, almost always on the go. Music barely ever gets our full attention. But it does on record time where we dive deep into some of the best albums ever recorded. So let's give a little time and our full mind over to Alicia Keys and her epic debut, Songs in A Minor. And for those who like a liquid accompaniment to their active listening, we've paired this record with a rich, layered, and rather young Malbec. you can too. Wanted to mention... Pete as we get going the various ways that people can get in touch with us please do record time pod uh, is our handle on Twitter you can get us on Facebook at record time dot slash I'm sorry Facebook.com dot slash record time podcast we'll,
1: we'll get a website
0: <laughs> and you can certainly give us a call I think we got one or two calls but nobody's left a message yet might be bots who knows uh, you can get us at nine three seven Pete Tim. We're we're pretty proud of that. Yes. So and if, and if dial us a, up.
1: If it's a bot, the number they came from was like nine three seven feet flim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it was a few too many digits, but that's all right. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pete, how, yeah. how are you?
1: My goodness.
0: Um, I'm good. It's been a little while. It's good to be back. It's been a minute. It has <laughs> more than one.
1: Yeah, but then again, we take more than a minute in anything we do. So that's. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah,
0: this is about uh, making sure everything gets done right, including the listening uh, to of music. Yes. And so a few things have uh, popped up, and we, we apologize we've been away for so long, but it's really nice to be back uh, together, and it's really nice to be back with you all.
1: Yeah. Life intervenes, and it w- it's okay to take the time with this record, because it's <laughs> a sprawling album. Yeah, you're
0: going to need some time with this record. Um, I'm glad we mentioned... That we were doing it because hopefully people have had some time to live with it, uh, the way we have over the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and I've, i you know I've I, I wasn't sure how much I'd be able to put into this, and I'm really glad I had the time. I still feel like like with any of these, I've only scratched the surface. Right, there's more to be heard, but I have to say, as much as I really enjoyed this record and i really did this is one i think that i'm like ready to move on from and maybe maybe that's partially because we had extra time to do it and i had to keep going back and back and back to it to make sure it was all fresh in my head yeah um but you know i i'm still pining for Joni mitchell i gotta say right
0: it's been very consistent that when we finish these episodes and i go home and you know you settle in uh for whatever's left of the day uh we have both discovered that we've been really tied into these albums for long after we record an episode. Yeah. And yeah, I I'll be curious to see if that, you know, maybe in the discussion, we sort of figure something out and we want to go back to it a little bit, but I can't imagine it's kind of sink its claws into us the way some of these other albums have.
1: And that, that is not to give it short shrift because nope. I think we, we, we picked it because we felt like we were enthusiastic enough about it to, to, sink our teeth into it. Yeah. And I still feel that way. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons why this album deserves a lot of attention and repeat plays. Yeah. There are, um, yeah. This is a
0: special album,
1: to be sure. Yes. So, like, yeah, table setting. Yeah. Alicia Keys' debut album. <laughs> 19 years old. I mean, look at the Wikipedia page for this record in terms of all the people that she had working on it. One thing I confess I didn't do was dig into enough of her history to understand, like, how she managed to get so much credibility and so many enthusiastic, like, awesome world-class partners on a debut record. I mean, yeah. part of it was the fact that, that she was had to have been just an incredible prodigy. She wrote Butterflies, one of the songs on this record,
0: when she was 14. 14. She was writing songs by 12 years old, and she was signed to a label by 15. God. And then this album comes out four years later uh, to, I mean, and, and puts her on a level... That she's, you know, I'm not going to say she's at the same level as she was when her record came out, but she basically was an internationally famous singer immediately, immediately,
1: and deservedly so. Yeah, because the singing on this album is astounding.
0: Yeah, I felt about this album the way I sometimes do um, when there's a TV show that people are going crazy for that I didn't start watching when it started, and people are like, "You got to watch this show, man!" And so I just was like, "All right," and I, you know, picked it up and and just sort of dug into it and. Fell for it. I mean, there are stellar tracks on this album that are, you know, (laughs) you fall in love with them on first listen from note one through to the end.
1: And you could drop this record, any tune off this record. Well, you know, some I would pick first uh, on the radio now and it would fit in perfectly. Like nothing has changed in the intervening 18 years since this came out. In 2001 it is super fresh it's yep. super hot all the production of, of it is all the really crisp modern stuff with the awesome sub bass and like crazy um different soundscapes and everything it's like it's very adventurous in a way that a, i don't know a lot of r&b soul music wasn't necessarily at that time which of course is an unfair generalization but right i only say that in the context of pop music right now where i feel like is on the surface pretty banal as it's ever been yeah. but if you listen to like the kind of sounds and stuff that's on top 40 radio right now there's a lot of weird shit yeah. in there like yeah. crazy synth sounds and stuff <laughs> I
0: think I think one of the one of the few things that really does date this album uh one of the very few things is the use of I don't even know what it's called what, what's the sort of very high pitched uh, chimes you know like wind chimey. Yeah. sound like, it's like there's a, a lot yeah. of that on this it album
1: is. and it, not only that it, it's a
0: very 90s thing
1: it's not the real thing too you've pressed a key on the keyboard it's a sample
0: is that right yeah oh, it's,
1: God. Y- if you listen to it it's always the same exact glissando every time <laughs> I mean those things exist I mean I think they're called like bell chimes or whatever they're yeah. like, like little rods that are hanging from strings yeah, that are long, all in a row like yeah. 30 of them and you kind of gr- it's like a
0: dangling xylophone yes, sort of exactly yeah, and yeah. you sort
1: of scrape your fingers by it. And it creates this silly tinkly sound. It's so
0: like Spice Girlsy, <laughs> or like, you know. It
1: totally is. Yeah. It was in some like default sample bank. Totally. On some synthesizer and has shown up it's, in every R&B album. Yeah. And, and, it, and it was Boys on a number Men. one.
0: <laughs> right. It was on a number one song at some point. Everybody's like, all right, we'll throw that well, in. Well, that's no yeah, <laughs> yeah. Part, part of the genre. Yeah. But
1: I do like this album because it is representative of where things were at that time. Yeah. Uh, at early 2000s. Uh, and it has... A lot of the other kind of hallmarks of that time. Where at the same time, I still feel like s- feels pretty fresh and sounds yeah. great in your headphones, and and is really funky. Uh, you, she's she's a young performer, right? And she's a young writer, right? Again, her debut album. So I feel like she it really wears her influences on her sleeve. Yeah, she hasn't really come onto her own as as a as a songwriter yet. I guess. Yeah. I mean, she's an incredible singer, and re- regardless of whatever age she is, she's just a Wonderful to listen she's to. She's a
0: shockingly good singer and, and on a, this debut album and has only obviously become yeah. better. I mean, she's got a range that is out of control and she can do any run you'd care to think about. And I mean she's just She sticks every landing. Which I don't think she really has the reputation for. I think she's sort of occupies this like songwriting troubadour vibe like her reputation yes but but i would put her up against any of the you know the vocal queens of pop uh i think she's right there with any of them
1: oh i mean better than most yeah yeah i mean i don't want to slag on a bunch of people but I, I i think just in terms of like pure chops yeah um just pure ability of and in a and that doesn't mean just ability to kind of rip your vocal cords out and shred. Uh, like she, she's beautiful in her softness. She, she creates beautiful harmonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's able to control the level of dynamics with her voice. She has just a lot of like technical ability with her yep. voice. I mean, she's way better than most pop singers.
0: And and despite all of the the technical stuff that you're talking about, she's still is loaded with emotion. I mean, there is no question what she's talking about whenever she's talking about it. And she's got clarity, too, which is pretty rare for, you know, like clarity of lyrics, clarity of message. It's all there, and it's technically, you know, bonkers. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So she's got all this technical prowess, and she's got the youth and ambition and confidence to kind of just, like, let her rip. Yeah um
0: i'm looking at a picture too of the cover and yeah. it's all right there in her stance yeah, like
1: just with the chin up and kind of staring down at you like just the, get a load of this yeah belly showing and the yeah. hair that matches the shirt and right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's an incredible album and she yeah earned earn international stardom and held on to it just held on to that credibility uh, maybe well she's had other albums that have had a, a splash and she's had other hits since the hits on this record, right?
0: She's had bigger hits, yeah, uh, than anything off this album, but um, but I feel like Fallen is the one that people know, you know, and that's and, the- and she's become this cross cultural fan. Well, cross cultural for some, but but cross medium is really what I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, she's she's like, uh, what's the band that everybody laughs about because they're always doing every TV special there is, uh, not the roots, but um. <laughs> Uh, let's get it started. Oh, Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, like oh yeah, the Black Eyed Peas are doing. It. You know, she does those shows, but she doesn't get like the crap that they get for it, right? But she's hosting the Grammys, and she, you know, she's. Well, they don't. Black Eyed Peas don't have the same credibility. I mean, right?
1: Their their stuff just doesn't have the same sort of weight. They don't have the demonstration of ability that the the way she's put across. Yeah. And here she is hosting the the Grammys, like right. you mentioned. Right. I mean, kind of uncanny because we're doing this episode, and they're you know, and and she's still like putting out these ridiculous feats of strength you know sitting there straddling two pianos that was impressive you know and you know my wife eliza's like what what's that about and i'm like you know it's because you can it's because it's a show it's (laughs) a show show. yeah i mean i guess you're playing you're able to express things in the same range on two pianos that you wouldn't be able to do with one hand on top of each other but come on let's face it she's doing it because it looks badass
0: right same as richie sambora yeah (laughs) right with the double neck guitar
1: right well, there's a practical thing for that, but oh, we, tell me when we get to Prague records, we can talk about that. further. You, um, I have to you, wait
0: that long. Yeah, usually it's a you know like a,
1: either a six string or a twelve string guitar, so they have specifically different sounds. Um, or like sometimes so
0: one neck is six and one neck is twelve. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, yes. you only do okay. that
1: really if you don't if you need to do two different kinds of styles within the same song? Which is why I refer to Prague because it's a, what happens a lot of times. Yeah, totally. Or in, in the case of. Uh, you know, one of my nerd idols, Genesis, yes. Mike Rutherford would have a double neck guitar that was a, a bass and a guitar ah, wow. Uh, okay. so that he could switch between. And that, you know, you can really imagine that being a practical need because totally. you know, areas of their songs where they go into like these acoustic, like multi-guitar things. And you can't and then, trust
0: these roadies to be there on no, time. No, to
1: kind of switch and you no, just don't want to do that. So you no. got to have it all together. And so that's what I've pitched to Eliza for why I need one. Um,
0: <laughs> How'd she take that? Uh,
1: You know, with a raised eyebrow. <laughs> But uh, you know, as soon as my band starts doing acoustic interludes, then it will become much more pointed. Uh,
0: um, yeah, talk about your band for a second. Oh yeah, let's, by let's the let's way, let's press, press pause on Alicia, on Alicia. God, I am so tied to that Alicia keys. Alicia, yeah, yeah, I I'm I'm don't know. Pretty why. sure it's Alicia keys. You're um, right. You're right.
1: But uh, anyway, uh, what if I have to plug? I'm plugging uh, my band, The Rockmores. We yeah. just put out an album. It's called Interrupting Everything. Appropriate Woo! title, uh, given that's what we're doing right now is interrupting everything to, hey, <laughs> plug my band. Uh, yeah. Therockmores.com. A yeah. Uh, couple years in the making this record. We're very excited about it. it sounds, I think it sounds pretty good. Uh, check it out on our website, uh, therockmores.com. Download, downloads for 10 bucks, or just stream it right there if you feel like it. No big deal.
0: Bunch of good guys in that band. Yeah,
1: and we're we're great friends, and uh, we we, it's the first band I've ever been in that we've like never ever had a disagreement. Wow. Uh, and the I great, wonder if they
0: would all agree with that.
1: I will find out. Wouldn't that be ironic if that was the first <laughs> obvious disagreement? Well, I'm gonna have to take issue with that, Peter, because uh, you were a dick here and here and here. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say it's sort of like an, an indie pop vein, um, indie rock vein. We call it sort of big hearted power pop. Uh, but uh, you know it's a bunch of songs that we've written over the last few years a couple oldies that you know our individual songwriters pulled in including me Yeah. Um, so check it out TheRockMorris.com. it's called Interrupting Everything and it's available for download
0: I personally vouch for every member of this band they're awesome we're cool very cool. Well,
1: cool, and we sound good.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I Very know this excited. is a long time coming. It has been. Yeah. Uh,
1: and we really hope to kind of follow it up quickly. This There will be no sophomore slump. We're more excited now than we ever have been about what we're up to. So Excellent. I think we've got a, a, another one uh, that we hope to get in the can this year. So we'll see about that.
0: Looking forward to it. Thank
1: you. Check it out. Yes. But anyway, back to Alicia. Yeah, um, I have
0: a question for you about this album. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, are most of these songs in A minor? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no they are yeah, not yeah um you know why she picked that as the title i don't know just because it sounds cool i think
0: yeah so I, I have an idea okay because she's 19 yeah so these are songs in a minor
1: oh from a minor yeah right yep
0: i that's kind of my guess i bet that that it's yeah. a little skeezy <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a skeezy interpretation <laughs> a little creep but after. i think it might be right you, yeah it could <laughs> it
1: might be right most of them are not um I think one or two of them are, yeah. uh, but most of them aren't. But that doesn't matter. I mean, and I think that's the—you're really getting a full package with this record. So let's remember, it's 2001. Uh, right. It is still the age, very squarely the age of this—the compact disc.
0: Uh, this came out. The first single came out April 2nd. The album was released June 5th.
1: Right. Right. So if I was going to lay down 1795 at my local HMV. Oh my God. For a compact disc, yeah, I would be very, With a tall box. With a t- <laughs> no, the R.E.M. had helped do away with the long boxes by, by then. By then, yeah, I yeah. guess you're right, yeah. Um, uh, I would have been very excited to get an album with 16 songs on it.
0: <laughs>
1: for the price of a single CD. Yeah. Because I feel like what you're getting with this album is very much a double
0: album. For sure. It is... Uh, there's a lot in here. I put together... Maybe you did, too. I put together a stripped-down version of this album that I think could potentially compete with Thriller at nine songs. I mean, you got... I agree. You've got, let's see, my stripped-down version... Ooh, here we go. ...runs probably exactly the same as you. This is what I have in my notes. Let's hear it. Killer version of this record. I'm going to keep Piano and I, because I like it. Just because. It's a debut album. I like that little... Shot uh, Across the Bow. Oh, like, oh. I think it's well done. My goodness. <laughs> I think it could be horrible, but it wasn't. Right? The idea could be horrible, but it wasn't. The yeah. execution was great. Yeah. So I'm going to keep Piano and I. I'm going to go yep. into Girlfriend, How Come You Don't Call Me, yes. Fallen. Yes. I'm going to go to A Woman's Worth. Yes. Okay. I'm going to keep Mr. Man in there. Yeah. And Caged Bird and Lovin' You. Ooh. And then you can throw in any other one song just to get it to Nine. That's a nine-track record. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and one other song. The one that I would pick. Yeah, what would I, I, I leave I completely agree with that. But yeah. the
1: one it's the it's just my jam. Yeah, is the life. Hmm. I think that song is frigging awesome, and it's a great late record, just trip out song. So if you were to put that between love, uh, uh, excuse me, Mister Man and loving you, you know, Mister Man is a great live uh, late album, yeah. like hit yeah. potential. Totally. So you really need that. And And such a hook, that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, And then you've got the long-ass jam. So you're going Mr. Man, The Life, Caged Bird? Uh, Oh, shit. Caged
1: Bird is in there. Caged Bird
0: has to be there. Yeah, that's a good song. It's good. Yeah. (laughs) That's... You're right, right. And that Straight kind of from me. that's
1: that screws up the flow cuz I would want to go right in from loving the life right into loving you because loving you is like the button on the album. It's like the-
0: Well, okay. Here's what I'll do for you. Okay. Sir, I will make Caged Bird the hidden track and oh, have Loving You yes. be an actual featured performer. Great. And then you got the 30 seconds. So now we go Mr. Man, mm-hmm. The Life, mm-hmm. Loving You,
1: Pause. Caged Bird. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Bird is a nice little button as
0: well. And it, it, it should have been the hidden track. Yeah. is as gorgeous a song as it is, it is something that you should realize is happening 20 minutes after you didn't realize the album stopped. Yes. And it's right? a surprise. It's yeah. a complete
1: surprise. And like, you say, uh, what? Whoa. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. it's gorgeous and it's crystalline and it just is yeah. laying there yeah. in its perfection. Yes. It doesn't go anywhere. doesn't try to be anything it's not. Makes a point and gets out. And it's a devastating song. Yeah. It's and, got the weight of like landslide or something like that without yes. the complexity, you know, like it's just absolutely gorgeous. And I think this
1: time through we might play some snippets of a couple songs as we go through that just yeah, because let's start,
0: there are so many. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Let's start with the life because I'm having trouble pulling that up in my head. But, All right. And and one point that we made earlier as you're looking for that... Um, not, I don't think there are any bad songs on this album.
1: No. Just
0: because I want a shorter, amazing, streamlined, lean, mean, tough version of this album does not make mean that I think that there are bad songs. I don't think any of the songs on this album are bad.
1: I agree. I think it just yeah, it falls victim to the fact that it's just over long and and you know, yeah. I, I need a break from it after yeah. a while. And I've been trying to decide that through as the, the through the course of this podcast, because this is not the first album I've said that about. I said it, we said it. We talked about that in terms of the suburbs. Yep. I think we may even even said that about Low End Theory. Sure. Um, and I'm just trying to decide: Do I just have incurable ADHD and I can't sit still for that long,
0: or is it a function? Yep. But um bum this is bum bum awesome. bum. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It belongs on the album.
1: Totally does.
0: Man, they're all like that though. I know and and is part of it a function of the fact that while there are no bad songs on this album, and while any song that you'd care to pick off this album sounds fine at worst, the heights of this album are pretty high. They are. Girlfriend, loving you, caged bird, how come you don't call me? Are extraordinary songs, yeah, and
1: extraordinary performances, right? Especially,
0: right? And I mean, just you. Basically, all you need to know about this, the balls that this album has, <laughs> is that she puts a Prince song on her debut album, I know, and kills it. Yeah, that's all you need to know, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the God. highs of this album are so high that I think it actually—that's that's what makes the sort of Filler, which it's not Filler, but the other songs, you're kind of like tapping your foot a little bit because you know that like... Caged Bird is coming or Loving yeah. You is coming or whatever. And you're like, You've you've come off of Girlfriend and How Come You Don't Call Me? These absolutely amazing tracks. To say nothing of Fallen and a Woman's Worth, which are probably the most universally appealing yeah. of the of songs on the entire album. Well, Woman's
1: Worth is my daughter Lyra's favorite.
0: She, is, yeah.
1: <laughs> she loves that song. Though of course we like to sing along with Jane Doe and make it about mangoes. But you know. <laughs> um that's the one that gets stuck in my head repeatedly is Jane Doe for whatever reason. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I feel like I'm trying to think of like why... I mean, I, I guess I'll I'll go on the record <laughs> and and say, hey, um, that there really... I feel like there is a target length for an album that I, I feel like is in the 35 to 40 minute range probably. And maybe vinyl... Maybe it's just from a lifetime of growing up with LPs right. that I feel like that is like the digestible unit of an album that I crave, um, and so when I when I'm faced with the record with 16 tracks on it, I, I I know from buying CDs back in the day that I would be like, oh, this one's got 16 tracks, totally cool, sweet. Yep. I'm spending my money, but now as I look at it, and I guess the the days of uh, uh, of uh, everything on demand, instant streaming, get anything you ever want in the history of time mm-hmm. at, at your fingertips, it's a it's a daunting task to to stay focused through that. But I don't know if that's just because I'm a product of my time or is it because, like, there's something. I mean, it's got to be because people used to sit through five hour operas, you know, and that they were happy with that. Or like symphonies. Symphonies are a good 45 to 50 minutes. It's like movies, you know. Alfred Hitchcock said, like, oh, a movie should just be as long as it takes so that, you know, people can. so that they don't have to get up and go to the bathroom, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, but I think, you know, like, songs tend to be. You know, between three and five minutes long. I mean, the vast majority of songs, right? Yeah. So, like, there is something to be said for the ideal kind of digestibility of the medium. I think so. I I tend to agree. I mean, that album I struggled. I, I clocked it out. That, you know, because I made this playlist. I listened to it on the way home from work today. This this killer version of this album. Yeah. And it was it runs, um, thirty minutes. But you're gonna throw another song in there, right? So I, I, oh, yours, yeah, yeah. So, so like it runs 30 minutes without the life. So what's the what's the time on the life? Uh, you
1: know, I think that's one of the longer ones, honestly. Which again, I think what would you you want it later in the record? So yeah, so that the life is 5:25. So that's meaty.
0: So that puts it at 35 minutes. That's like which is a tight little album, right in there. Right, right. It's um. And it's, maybe
1: it is just modern attention spans, or because I was well trained on a life of LPs. But like that, that's a nice length to be like, my statement is complete, move on. Uh, and so I feel like it, it's an unfair thing to say that this album suffers because of its length. But I, I feel like I, some of the later songs get short shrift. Yeah. Because at that point. It's you know it's like wearing silk underwear all day. You're like yeah. I'm, I gotta take these off at some yeah. point.
0: <laughs> it, it does feel like a, a like a lull episode of SNL where you're like anything after the you know the weekend up update. the weekend <laughs> update is just like you know kind of not. Can
1: I stay with it? Okay, yeah, yeah, oh, this yeah. is pretty good. I'll <sighs> do
0: it. I'll do it because it's SNL, and I'll have to wait a week for another one. And
1: that's why, I, <laughs> yeah, right. And that's why I feel like I, I, I <clears throat> wish this could be two records. Um uh, and and maybe just chalk that up to debut record because everyone rooting her on and herself included felt like you have a lot to prove. You have a lot to show off. Yeah. you have so much you can do. Let's just pack it all in there and get it in front of people.
0: Yeah, I I think to some extent there's there's an element of her just throwing everything against the wall just like you know she had jumped from label to label she had been writing these songs for years at that point i think it was really funny in piano and i when she's like so what it took me like two years two years i was like oh my god a 19 year old is so cry bummed. me and a something. river honey yeah <laughs> if you knew the number of things i've been trying to do for the last two years, two years <laughs> oh you're a baby you poor thing yeah, uh, not to mention the fact that two years feels like it takes a week these days. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'm like two years? Oh, god, it's by been. The, two, yeah. By the way, we're a quarter of the way through 2019 now.
1: What I know. The hell. We started this last August. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, so let's just you know we we gotta get
0: to the track by track yeah, let's
1: because do it. I feel like there's you know I'm I'm determined to kind of keep this under an hour. Let's do it. Um, so,
0: I don't but, know that we'll talk that much about every individual song right? yeah
1: I don't think so necessarily yeah. but I feel like there's like just a couple other table setting things in terms of style so like Please. I said she you know she's she's wearing her influences on her sleeve yeah um and she's also a product of production of that early uh, the late 90s 2000s era right so you can hear I mean I hear a lot of uh, Aretha Franklin totally uh, you know I hear a lot of uh you know I frankly I hear a a lot of like, uh, Curtis Mayfield, and I Ooh. hear a lot of Isaac Hayes. All oh,
0: right, yeah, um, yeah, totally. You know, I hear yep. a lot of Ba-da-da-da, Marvin Gaye. Um, you know, like yep. and
1: uh, right. So, so in some, ways... I hear a lot of Stevie
0: Wonder. I mean, there's a very Stevie Wonder vibe, like later Stevie Wonder vibe yep. to um, just everything. When when I first heard this, I thought, oh my gosh, Stevie Wonder has returned. Right, not, not that he was gone, but he's like whatever came down through Stevie Wonder. Has found another person yeah. to inhabit. Yep. You know,
1: I hear a lot of you know Motown, Motown, and the harmonies. Sure. I hear a lot of Supremes. I hear a lot of Diana Ross, D- Donna Summer. Yep. Um. You know, so she she's very much a, like a, a product of her influences, and I, I feel like it all works because one of the things I think is really fun about this record is that she's also very influenced by hip hop. Uh and the kind of rap production that was going on so you have these you know like in in my favorite the life or one of my favorites is very curtis mayfield even has like you're specifically shouting out to to superfly yeah on that song right um but yet like all the beats on the record are like it was really like drop the beat it's all you know a lot of it is synth drums but it's got that like really in your face hip-hop drum sound yeah which i think makes it sound great. Yeah, I love it. All of that together. Yep. And plus other hip hop elements there one of the things that you were talking about like like the tinkly bells or whatever. Yeah. Another thing that is a hallmark of like I feel like it's more hip hop and I credit it, a lot of it to Dr. Dre and that he would use like really cheap chintzy keyboard sounds. Yeah. But he'd use them in a completely different context than what they were originally intended. Totally. Uh the one what is that um is it uh which Dr. Dre song is it? Where he uses a really cheap banjo sound? It's like Bong, bang, 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 Is it? Bum, bum, Forgot bum, about Dre. Bum, I mean, bum. is it that one? Bum. Bum, yeah, bing, bing, I bing, I can bing, hear the lick bing, that you're bing, bing, talking bing, bing. about, but that's like, it. That's a synth banjo in like a hundred fifty dollar <laughs> Casio. Yeah, but he uses it in a way that just makes it sound awesome, and and I hear a lot of those sounds on this record, which mm. I think are, is funny. Uh, because that had I think at that point just become a cultural thing, though I think if, if uh, the song I'm thinking of is Truly uh, Forgot About Dre, mm. I think that came out the same year as this. Oh, wow. But anyway, yeah. he had already been doing that a little bit. Right. Um, So, like, you, you do hear a lot of those kind of, like, hip-hop tropes yeah. in here, too, even though she doesn't ever, like, rap or flow.
0: No, but she has people do it. She I mean, does. not that they really do full-on raps, but they sort of inhabit that kind of weight yes. in some of the songs, especially Girlfriend, I think. Right. You know, really, like, has that, rap attitude even though nobody ever really raps in it yeah it seems like a sort of like um you know who is that whose groove in the groove is in the heart delight seems yeah. like a delight kind of can't can't get it get it, can't, get it oh that's got some real raps in it but yeah i know yeah. what you mean it's like yeah, yeah
1: it's it's that, that hip-hop in, inspired kind of soul right
0: oh delight's totally got rap yeah. there, but it's got that sort of attitude without the rap
1: right yeah yeah it does yeah. and of course she does the other thing that i feel like i wish every style of music did where you know she's just talking at you yes like from the you know to to maybe even start the track by track we let, let's just go there yeah
0: let's do it cuz she starts... she just sort of Wakes up, rolls out of bed, and drops this unbelievable debut album. Hello,
1: my goodness. Oh, and like you know, I'll start with nothing less than hey, speaking of Beethoven. Yeah, so totally. Think, yeah, we, I think maybe I mentioned him before we started recording, but like what a ballsy move to yeah. start your debut album with a fucking moonlight sonata. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a statement and like wow. And then she says you know, she's she's surprised by you, but she says very pointedly, I didn't know I was here. I know. Which is so brilliant. I know. <laughs> like I'm not even as an audience, I'm not even a part of this. I didn't even know I was
1: here. <laughs> She's waking up next to a mirror. Yeah. And, and then starting in with that. And but when that you know, right away when that beat comes in, it just feels great. Yeah. And immediately and then you hear her voices and she starts doing those layered harmonies and everything. And right away like I'm I'm sold. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. Whereas you you know, start with the fucking moonlight sonata and like talking at the listener.
0: I don't know it's that a I a lot to ask. It is. <laughs> I don't know that I can sit here and comfortably endorse the idea of a of a an introduction track like that. The one that, one of the things that like that that always comes to mind is uh, on a record that I really love uh, which is Living Colors debut. Yeah. They have a, a song uh, what's your favorite color baby? Yeah. Living Color. Yeah. And it's not an intro track like this is deeper into the album. <laughs> Um, and it's the like other a, one hey, we're the monkeys. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that worked. Yeah. Uh, the Living Color song doesn't work. Spin Doctors did it. Uh they
1: have uh, a what, a song called The Spin Doctors? Something like that. I can't oh, remember. Dear.
0: Um But yeah. I would expect that from them. But it, it was just generally I'm not a fan. Wilco of, does it well. Do they? Yes. We I don't, don't know their catalog as well as I should.
1: <laughs> well, we might have to get to one of theirs at some point. Yeah, oh, I'm sure um, of that, yeah. But I feel like the the self-referential track is different than the intro track. And this is very much like an intro track, I feel like, in this, in the spirit of, of rap albums. I mean, like you think of like De La Soul is Dead. Totally. Or, or...
0: De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest do it almost too much, yeah. <laughs> but they get it so damn right every time that it's fine This by one me. doesn't
1: outlive its welcome. I mean, as much as I love I De La Soul, I, I feel like De La Soul outlives the welcome. Sometimes. You want to get to the first jam. Yeah. Uh, the, and... the,
0: the, the voiceover all over Midnight Marauders tends to bug me. Yeah. Um, it's be be Yeah, that like Hello I am your <laughs> I
1: know, exactly uh, And it's just
0: like uh, just Give me the song Trying to get to the high concept stuff But she nails it with this I, I, I don't endorse it in general But I, I love this one I will play it on its own merit
1: Well, because I feel that I, I think it works Because it, it has a bit of a journey It has its own musical energy And she even cops to what she's doing Like she's getting herself psyched up That's right And she's getting the audience psyched up So she starts you in sort of gentle Like you are waking up And then the energy bills and the energy bills and the right. energy bills. Ooh. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's really on the edge, though. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. But then she pulls it off just by her pure bravado and her just pure chops.
0: But girlfriend comes in, yes. and whatever trepidation you had, we might have had during that experience of of Piano and I, Yeah. girlfriend is like, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. Like, piano and I may not be the declaration song that we are used to in the record time albums so far in the in the canon of the albums that we've looked at. In
1: in terms of being like that opening salvo, like this is a statement of what this album is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This was more a
0: statement like from her to just like her own future. Yeah. But the girlfriend does do the job uh, as well as any of the other albums that we've talked about. I agree. What an interesting song.
1: And she's got all her her friends in there rapping along. Um, yeah, I mean when you think about the the, the flow from piano and I into this, it, it really feels great And then the you know the beat is really interesting in this and then she has like a very special kind of different melody. I mean this it, yeah, this is a
0: really really fun song It's it's uh, into the wind, I would call it melody, right? It's sort of like propped up. It's not aerodynamic. It kind of runs against the grain, almost, of the beats. Yeah. Right? In a really successful way, I would say. (laughs) And I think that also... um, That nice rising
1: chorus, the melody in there. Yeah.
0: It instantly sets up, in my mind, this sort of three-story thing, right? So Piano and I has been this really organic, like, kind of misty... Build, build, build. build. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and, and sort of ethereal thing. And then we come into... You know, yeah, yeah. So we've got this sort of sample middle, uh, uh, upper floor. And the slightly off-kilter drum loop
1: that drops in. Right, and then
0: that comes in in the basement. And then her sort of loungy sort of living room middle floor Mm -hmm. just instantly gives you this really rich structure uh, to deal with. And it's super, super fun, I think. It really is. And um, she just
1: has such easy, casual mastery of her voice. I yeah. mean, as someone, especially who did a bunch, who has done a vo- bunch of vocal tracks over the years, partially because I hoped I would get better at it over time. <laughs> yeah. And I still feel like that hasn't happened. Um, to hear someone who can be so comfortable singing into a microphone with a pair of cans and, and on her head in some isolation booth or totally. some studio. Yep. And get this level of natural performance out of it, I'm always amazed. Yep. Because really, like, recording something, you lose, like, 90% of the original energy that was there. So if anything remains of the spirit and the energy that you put at it, it's a miracle. It is not easy to do.
0: Think about it, you know, for for many people, I imagine uh, most people haven't had the experience of sitting in a booth with cans on or trying to do something along those lines. Um, maybe. Uh, you know, you think about you should if you, give it a shot. Well, certainly, give it a try. Yeah, but 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 to kind of to kind of identify with it. Yeah. Think about you know, taping your cousin's high school performance right. of whatever, and and think about like what it's like to watch your friends, your family, whatever, perform in a show live. And then what it's like to watch a videotape of that performance. Yes. Right? You lose, as you were describing, so much of what it was like to be... It's a document. It sort of uh, documents what happened. Yes. But it doesn't come anywhere near what the feeling is of being in that space. To some extent, it's true even of like the the live... Musicals that they've been doing on NBC and Fox oh, and all over the place, So much from right? the
1: distance. I mean, I feel like there's a whole other thing between a live performance and a taped live performance. Yeah, I mean, in a they're record, trying, but
0: like, a, yeah, you know. But you just... lose a
1: lot when you're not connected in the room. It's like having right. an emotion versus trying to describe an emotion in words, right? Um, I mean, I feel like that's a little different than recording a record where you have control over every element. So yeah. in some cases, you almost have a little bit more advantage in that environment than than trying to replicate a live. Performance say, well, like, totally. You know, yeah, uh, because it's just a different medium, and you can use sure. its strengths. And there's a lot about a live performance on television that goes against the live performance's strengths. It it doesn't serve either medium well. You know, mm-hmm. like live performances on TV aren't necessarily great television. nor no. are they a, a really that great a document of the live thing? Right. I mean, I love it now. It's as we've talked about Saturday Night Live a lot on this show because I feel like it. It still represents a dying thing in television, which is like an actual spontaneous... An effort m- toward ...moment. That. Yeah. An effort toward that. And yeah. so, you know, there's more video and everything, and it's a very controlled environment. Totally. But at the same time, there is that expectation that something unexpected may happen. It's yeah. still a cultural event that's happening in real time yep. in front of you, and that's diminishing in our culture. Yeah. Um, but again, back to the... Uh, I really only want in that digression too, because I think Girlfriend is a, is, is a wonderful example, the way you're describing in that melody, how she has complete comfort and mastery over what is a weird melody, over what is sort of a weird backbeat. Yeah. Um, and she just slides right across it like it's nothing.
0: Yep. She's yeah. so good. I love how they double the vocals and the harmonies that come from that. Yes. Uh, and I really, I wanted to point out about this song, one of the things in my notes is like, what a funny, specific rare emotion to explore in a, in a celebratory song. I know. Like, and, and she spends time on this emotion in other songs. Yes. Uh, later in the record, not as successfully, I think, but still like what, I don't know what I would ever get a tattoo of. I don't know what I would ever put a bumper sticker on my car of. And I am in awe sometimes of what people find to write songs about. Yeah. Like these these very specific little moments. And that's and what you're you, looking for.
1: Yeah, it's so great. And it's funny how she even says it in a way that sort of qualifies it the way that you would say it to your friend. Like, your girlfriend. Well, not your... You know, a friend. It's a girl. It's a friend. You right, right, right. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's a separate thing. Yeah, <laughs> She's yeah. almost like kind of... Um, altering her statement as she goes right revising herself which yeah i think is really funny and then and she kind of coded that up into a lyric
0: <laughs> it's it's really so much fun it's it's a joyful super super fun song it's, yes it's it's made its way onto lots of different playlists of mine oh has it yeah oh that's yeah, great absolutely and then wow yeah. if
1: you're gonna just increase the energy and increase the awesomeness then you you got to bring in the heavy guns which she doesn't need but you know prince
0: dude and wow, what a track dude! this is. I mean, I've listened to him do it. Yeah. It's no better. I, I mean, he wrote it, so obviously he gets the the gold medal. Yeah. But it is, I've not heard him knock it out of the park any better than she does on this recording on her debut album.
1: Yeah, and I'm not going to be able to find it right now, but there's a couple particular drops in here that she just
0: crushes. Still light the fire on yeah. a rainy night. Yeah. Uh, still like it better when you're holding me tight. That, that moment is pretty, pretty astonishing. Yeah.
1: And when she gets to those sort of gospel heights, those R and B heights, and then yeah. the beat drops out behind her, and she yeah. just kind of lands back down. Whoa. Yeah. Just another feat of performance in a very controlled environment that where she brings so much energy to it.
0: Yeah. So we have girlfriend that has this sort of three story thing, this very tall. I feel like very wide ranging song, and then this becomes. Again, as you described, even higher energy. Yeah. But also even more focused and just like this rushing current of a song that just keeps, I feel like, washing right over you. I don't know. I, I think this is absolutely spectacular. I didn't know for a long time. I think this is one of two songs on the record that she didn't write. Mm-hmm. Is that right? hmm And obviously yep. it was Prince. I didn't realize it was Prince for a long time. Yeah. Um, I'm not as tuned into his catalog as as a lot of people I know, but it to, just flows to my own detriment. But right in there, so. yeah, yeah. It just seems like her song. She it makes just, it hers, even though she doesn't different. really do much to it. Yeah. she makes it hers, and many yeah. people. That's part of Prince's brilliance. I'm not gonna, you know, right. We've heard that, we've seen that with other artists before, where they've taken Prince songs and he's just been like, mm, here, yeah, and they've made it incredible. Obviously, um, Sinead comes to mind. Yeah. But, Other people, but, um, boy, so, so, so good. And we're not even done. I mean, we talked about that powerhouse set of tracks on the Michael Jackson album. Yeah. This is already two in a row, and we go from there into Fallen, which was the first single.
1: Yeah, and her first big hit. Right. And still a staple on R&B radio.
0: Um, Absolutely beautifully constructed pop tune. Yeah. Perfect, right?
1: And, And another wonderful emotion to express, like a perfect song subject yeah and the right kind of rocking back and forth kind of beat and the ebb and flow of the emotion that 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 i feel like perfectly encapsulates that angst and uh joy that you can get from that sort of relationship.
0: <laughs> it really ties together, I feel like, and I, I haven't had this thought before, but just quickly thinking of the, la- the last several tracks that we talked about, I feel like it ties them all together. It completes the first sort of movement of this album because yeah. there is that heavier piano yes. from Piano and I. There's the absolutely killer vocals like on uh, um, the previous track. You don't track. me. Yeah. Uh, how come you, you don't, don't call me? me? No yeah. 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 And uh, But there's also... Um, you know that sort of specificity from Girlfriend. I, yeah. I don't know. It really, it's it's a great, great time. It's not my favorite of the standout tracks, uh, but it's a monster track. But it's it's for sure. Yeah, it's a masterpiece.
1: Yeah. Um. And it. You know, this is one of the ones that, like, you know, I was trying to think of like different ways to kind of parcel this out into two albums. There's really, there's one album here that's, um, kind of like. Alicia fronting a band, mm-hmm. and there's the Alicia at her piano. Oh, wow. Yeah. And those could be two separate records. And yeah. I would have to say that, like, Fallen would kind of fall into the Alicia at her, at her piano. For sure. Um, because it is, you know, it is really a stripped down um, performance. It's a really stripped down arrangement. There are different instruments that kind of come in and out, but it, it is really just a wash of that, that piano. I, I, I really like that phrase that you used in uh, describing uh, you. how come you don't call me when you said that. Like, that song is, like, this current, you know, it's a -hmm. a wash. I I feel that way about this whole album in some ways. Yeah. You know, because all of the songs are, like, really simple. Yeah. It's usually, like, one or two different things that are sort of looped around. You know, the verse and the intros are are similar, and then maybe the chorus is different or the the bridge is different. So I find that I, I find myself listening to a lot of these songs not... For the individual moments, but just for that overall
0: impression. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, for the vast majority of songs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And this is definitely one of those. Uh, yeah. You listening to the words or listening to any element of the performance with this song, particularly Fallen, and also a lot of the others, is rewarding. Totally. But I find that my default position is just to sort of like sit back and bask in the, in the glow.
0: I love what you described about the two sort of phases of the album. You know, her leading the band and her sitting at the piano. That's a much more interesting way to break this down. Uh, I, I, you should throw together two playlists. Yeah. Okay. Break break it apart. And you don't have to do it right now, but I mean, I would, I would listen to those two albums the same way I listen to this sort of lean, mean, lean version of the record with just like. (laughs) <laughs> that was my sort of dumbed down version of what you did, no, which is just all. like the songs I really like. <laughs> yeah, just
1: different ways to slice it up. Right, again, right. It's, it's very interesting to think of it the way you did. It feels very much like a double album. Yeah, um, totally. And so they're all kind of pieced together. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's it's it's hard to think of new things to say about Falling because we all know it so well. Like right. it's become a karaoke staple. Right. Um, it's something that's really familiar. Um, and you know, like it, it's such a simple song that I feel like the best way to enjoy it is really on its surface as a performance. Totally. You know, because that's really what it is. It it is really just a woman and her piano and her many, many stacked harmonies. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) But then from there... We go to Troubles and Rock With You. Yeah. uh, Which is, to me, uh, like I said, these are two very nice songs that sound great. Um, They don't draw me in in the way that pretty much everything we've talked about so far on the album does. Yeah. But I don't skip ahead. I don't have any urge really to skip ahead. Yeah. I just am not, Um. you know, I, I'm just happy to have them on. They're, they're perfectly fine. We were talking about it earlier tonight. I was like, this is a, like a very nice paint job in a room. Yeah. Like, this room looks great. Great yeah. job. Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> it, it would give... Short shrift to, to not play them through, uh, it would give short shrift to not recognize them as being worthy of the album, but they don't necessarily jump out to me as, yeah, particular features.
0: And maybe they prop some of the more amazing tracks up just because they are a strong base, you know. Like, yes, this album, what's the full runtime of this album? Do you know? Oh, gosh, uh, I hadn't really registered that, frankly. I'll find that out. Um, but you, yeah, you look at troubles. I mean, what you
1: need after fallen is like a chance to catch your breath. Yeah. So I feel like in terms of song sequencing, troubles really fits in there. It's beautiful. It's another love song. It is a, a reassurance. Yeah. Um, and 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 really feels great and sounds great. But it, yeah. I mean, I've described other songs this way before. About as like a bit of a palate cleanser after yeah. after a series where you have really been taken for a journey. Yeah. Like get get me something just a nice sweet groove to settle into and. <laughs> oh man, the yeah. full
0: runtime of this album is an hour and twenty five minutes. Yeah, like an average. Podcast I cut an, <laughs> I cut an hour off mine. Yeah. With my playlist. Yes. That is a very intense thing. That there is. There, there are like there is a point at the day where if you're like, hey, do you want to do this thing that lasts an hour and twenty five minutes? I'll be like, no, no, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, I, I think the palette cleanser angle is definitely something that shouldn't be discounted. yeah, just because it's not a pop number one hit. you know, not every album uh, is I mean that's the whole point of how amazing an album like Thriller, for instance, would is because it's like holy shit, everything was incredible. yes, but uh, that's not necessarily how you want an album to be right You, you want it, you yeah. want it to be something that had ebbs and flows has some interesting moments, has some introspective moments, and lets you listen to it. It doesn't just shout in your ear the entire time. Yes, shifts of energy,
1: respects the listener's attention. uh, It takes the listener on a journey. And this is, that's, you know, I started playing uh, Rock With You in the background, and I love that this song for that reason, because this really is a journey. This is another one of those where I really just sort of settle into it. Yeah. Or this is a great running track. This whole album is a great running album. Um, totally. Uh, but this is one like sitting on the subway or whatever. It's
0: like a soundtrack almost. And this is a huge Curtis Mayfield vibe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, like, yeah. And yeah, as soon as you mentioned his name, my mind went... I hadn't thought of it before Is yeah. a really nice point on your part, but... Yeah, as soon as you mentioned his name, I thought of this. Like, yeah, it's
1: got all. It's got the strings. It's yep. got the flutes. It's got the really big orchestral arrangement. Yeah, and uh, props to her for like taking her time to come in with the vocal. Just like let this groove settle in. Yeah. and 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 kind of get under your skin, and then you almost kind of forget <laughs> that she's around. Yeah, and then she comes in and crushes another amazing vocal. Just,
0: just out of her pocket. I mean, it's like. It seems casual. Yeah. And it is astonishing. It seems
1: casual. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. A, a lot about this record seems like it would be, yeah, it had, that it happened off the cuff. Right. But when you listen to it, none of it's off the cuff. Nope. Of it's course not. All- so beautifully
0: carefully chosen yeah.
1: and constructed in a, in a similar way to thriller. And right. obviously let's, you know, elephant in the room. Michael Jackson has a huge influence. Here. Right. Right. Quincy Jones's production style is a huge influence. Yeah. Here. Having individual like little notes and flavors and seasonings kind of come in and out, come in and do their part and disappear. Yeah. Uh, this, this album is full of those.
0: Yeah. It's not crowded. Yeah. It's not like, uh, you know, this intricate, like <laughs> melange of different sounds. Like, arcade fire or things like that this is a, a clear album where you yeah. can hear everything that they're attempting to do
1: yeah it's not a murky wash right right exactly <laughs> yeah and and you, the, a lot of it is just like little bits of ear candy that's not just as are- clear as Willie Nelson but no, yeah. you know it's pretty close but in, the, in those moments I mean it's yeah it's not like a band laying it down uh, right. but it's a series of musicians in a in a carefully stacked arrangement but right. yet still has that same easy flow yeah of being in a band that's played together for years yeah um, and then from there, so Woman's Worth, this is one of the ones that you mentioned was a particular standout for you. Well,
0: um, I think it's a standout track. It is not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I, If I'm going to play one or two songs off this album, if I'm putting together an Alicia, Key, Alicia Keys uh, Essentials playlist or something, I don't... Well, I guess actually if I was putting an Essentials playlist, I'd include, include these. But if I was putting together a playlist of the songs that I dig the most, I'm not sure that Fallen or A Woman's Worth would make it. I find A Woman's Worth a little repetitive and a little kind of predictable eventually at a certain point. Yeah. Um, But I think it is, I mean, it's obviously become, it's, it's anthemic, it's become totally identified with her and it carried her forward yes. on a rising tide of fame in a way that I'm sure she is sort of grateful for and proud of and all of those types of things. And it's without a doubt a fantastic song. Yeah, I agree.
1: And I think that she also put her finger culturally on something. Yes. that people really wanted to hear. And and put that in a in a song in a in a way that could then not be taken away ever. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think that's great.
0: And I think in in many ways she's still living out I've not stayed super in tune to her career. She you know, Alicia Keys is not one of my Artists, right? Um, I have a ton of respect for her. I think, in many ways, she's living out the promise she made in this song, um, with a lot of the sort of persona that she has adopted, and the and the things that she promotes, and the sort of ways she interprets the world. Yeah, like this has this set it in motion, and it has continued to to develop. Along that trajectory, yeah, um, in a very positive way. I agree. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and I can think of you know, there's been a, a couple incidents through the course of her career where she's just been like, look, I am unapologetically a woman, and deal yep. with it. Yep, I am an equal to you. I am formidable. Yep, yep. <laughs> I am multitudes. Yep, <laughs> and 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 that that is who I am, and I will I will not let that be
0: denied. And there's such a, I think one of the things that's so impressive about her is there's there's such gravity to her perspective. And has been ever since the beginning. Yeah. She just sort of showed up and assumed herself. Fully formed.
1: Yeah. It would seem. Yeah.
0: Again, still young.
1: You know, I think that... She looks yeah.
0: now... I mean, she still seems like somebody new to the scene, even yeah. though she's been around for 20 years now. And treated like the elder states right. person at the right. Grammys. Like, yeah. oh, Alicia Keys. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, she's got 30 or 40 years of music ahead of her. God. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's unbelievable, actually. It she, she actually doesn't even have all that many albums out yet. No. Yeah. Six, seven, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she's like still
1: that. really, yeah, really vital and full of energy and totally new stuff. Totally. I know. Watching a couple of YouTube of her live shows recently, I mean, she lays it down with a level of amazing sophistication, and her band is really controlled and really tight and feels great. I mean, that, she sort of reminds me of Joni Mitchell in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There
0: could be major. Musically significant movements, portions of her career yeah. that have not even begun yet. Incredible! <laughs> it's unreal.
1: And this is how she started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- right, uh, we get to Jane Doe after that, which is, again, really catchy. Um, not one of the ones that I would call like one of the super standout tracks, but it is really, <laughs> it really gets stuck in my head.
0: Yeah, but in so to me, there's not a lot of difference between the sort of the. Structure and the shape of Jane Doe and a woman's worth. Correct, but Jane Doe just doesn't matter as much. Yeah, like what's happening in it is just not as important. Yeah, it's still fine. It's still very listenable. It just doesn't matter as much. It has some fun stuff. I totally. like
1: the beatboxing in there. Yeah. I like the you know bringing the other women in yep. uh, for for harmonies this time. Yep, it, it it there there are new things in it that she hasn't done yet that that make it interesting but i guess I, I guess you're right it is just a little bit lighter in tone it's a little bit lighter in content it doesn't have the same kind of whatever uh you know gravitas of, of a Wordsworth.
0: yeah i have a note here that it's buoyed by great progressive choruses yes right this right. chorus that just doesn't quit it's sort of continue you feel like it's done and then there's another section of it, another section of it and like yeah and they all sound great they resolve so fast against each other. You know what I mean? And yes. It, it's enjoyable. It's super enjoyable. It is. Um, it just doesn't matter quite as much as no. the previous track. Yeah. And we're only halfway through. We're only halfway through, and
1: I feel like we're giving such short shrift to so many of these. There, There is a lot to listen to, but I feel like given limited time, yeah. <laughs> like we said, there's only so many things you can do for an hour and 20 minutes.
0: And to me, the second <laughs> half of the album sort of sh- uh, takes... A symmetrical shape to to the first half. Where yes. First half sort of starts with these highlight tracks and then kind of moves into this uh, very good mid tempo right, mellower. Mid, yeah. mm. Which and then we sort of stay down there and so it's just this like bell curve of yes. an album,
1: right? You know that really, you know, frankly, dips here. I mean, goodbye is a nice song it's a great performance the arrangement's interesting but at this point like I'm just a, you know I'm starting to get a little
0: kind of ready to start feeling it get wrapped up well these two tracks are are pretty intimate as well yeah right after these sort of grand structures and these big you know the the really intricate harmonies in the choruses of the last couple songs right and you know the ambitiousness of these songs these two songs are a little bit more just like Talking to you, yeah, a little bit more intimate,
1: and it's and it's a continuation of like the the sort of theme that you could see kind of charted through these songs, <laughs> where she, you know, she doesn't want to lose her man, but then she kind of loses her man, right?
0: Um, yeah, and I think I don't really, I'm not gonna write a book about R and I I I don't know enough, but to me these these two, uh, goodbye and the life, seem well. I know you feel a little bit more importantly <laughs> about the shit. life, yeah. To me, these are fairly typical, if fine. uh, Again, I don't think there are any bad songs on this album. But these seem like fairly typical R&B tracks. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. It's fair to say. I mean, you know, the life is pretty much, you
1: know, effectively superfly cosplay. Right. You know? Lots of runs <laughs> to sustain to
0: sustain the songs, yeah. right? Yeah. It, a little highlight catches. a a style. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you
1: could say that about a bunch of tracks on this record. Sure. And she's young and she's yep. showing her influences. But what, what does she bring to it that is special is her unique personality, yeah. her unique voice, her ability to put across a performance.
0: And even in these lesser tracks, if we're going to call them that. Yeah. You know, she's still acting the shit out of these songs. She's yes. still connecting. There is no question what's going on in these songs. She's connecting with her audience, right? Right, which is again another reason why I say there's just no bad songs.
1: No, but you're right. I mean, goodbye is pretty much you know it's a sounds like a negative phrase, but like cookie cutter R and B of the late '90s. Uh, and maybe part of that is just sort of showing her bona fides. You right. Know? Right. Like these are the kind of songs that I'm doing. These. This is the mark that I'm going for. Uh, I'm going to do stuff that pushes the boundaries a little bit, but I'm also, I can do the stuff that's comfortable. Yeah. So a woman's worth, maybe he's pushing the boundaries. Goodbye is a little bit more in the pocket. The song that we
0: covered basically is verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, 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 chorus. Oh God. And a lot of these songs are verse, chorus. Exactly that. Verse, bridge, chorus, 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 chorus. chorus.
1: And where the verse and the chorus is often the same musical material. Totally. Uh, and it's only the bridge that changes it up. Right. Uh, sometimes it's the voice that changes it up. But again, it, it's, it becomes just sort of part of the wash, part of the overall impression. I yeah. really feel like the overall aesthetic uh, of the record is to just to be a performance, to be a, uh, really featuring the vocal. It's Alicia Keys. Yeah. Featuring the vocal and her ability and everything is in support of this virtuosic yep. instrument of her voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but then, of course, ironically, after The Life, again, we talked about that already. Yep. Super wicked jam. Um, You get into the first time you hear a vocal by somebody
0: else. Right. Leading off the track. I love the strings yeah. used for the bed. This just, Is this the only... No, the next one is the one that she didn't write. So yeah, Mr. Me, Mr. Man feels very different to me mm-hmm. uh, than we've been. It's the first change in the album in, in my opinion, one, two, three for almost six songs. This is the first really different feeling song. Yeah. I mean, I think Goodbye sort of sort of feels like a nod to Side 2 starting. Oh, wait. Give me the beginning of Goodbye. Yeah. There's a different tone to that piano. It sounds like we're in a different room. Yes. When that piano comes in. But... Give me the beginning of Mr. Man.
1: I mean, it has got it's just got more of a groove to it. It's totally different. I mean, its it makes me think of... Uh, you got that old school Rhodes. There it's, it is again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Literally, it's the same sample again yeah. and again. It fools you, actually. Yeah. So it's not the first moment that's different, but when these strings drop in... That's a different feel. This is a new thing that has not been on the album yet. Yeah. So that kind of starts to get us rolling a little bit again.
1: And you hear like the kielbasa in there. It's got almost like you know, like sort of hinting at sort of a Latin vibe, maybe yeah. just a teeny little bit.
0: What is that word you said? Kielbasa. Uh, a
1: kielbasa. Kielbasa. <laughs>
0: okay. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah, totally. So they she's sort of throwing in a little bit of Latin rhythms and stuff. Just a teeny, teeny little spice of that.
0: And I have down here that it's and it is to me, it's jarring to hear a voice other than a cassaba.
1: This. Maybe I'm hungry and think kabasa. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're right. It's jarring to have the different vocal in yeah. there. Yeah. You don't expect but it. Not in a bad way. Yeah. It's totally refreshing and it kind of revs things up a little bit.
1: I kind of need that at this point in the yep. record for sure.
0: And again, in Mr. Man, I think it's another really super specific um emotion to write a song about. Yeah. And it's well explored and it's fun. And celebratory, and doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, and um, yeah, I just I'm I'm very impressed by the songwriting. It's a jam when it comes to those, you know, the inspirations behind these things. And
1: that's another one where yeah, the, a lot of the musical material is the same: the intro, the verse, the chorus, <laughs> all the same thing. There's a bridge in there where she changed
0: excuse me, changes up the chords a little bit, but the rest of it is just it's a jam. I have a note here on this song: if you dropped a. Uh, uh Carlos Santana guitar solo into the middle of this. That's what I mean. Does it become a number one hit yeah. for twenty five weeks? Right. Uh in the summer of two thousand one. I yeah. think so.
1: You need a little Rob Thomas just singing the backup right. vocals. Right, that's right. what I'm saying. It's yeah. like this is getting at something. It's a little bit of the last night I dreamt of San Pedro. <laughs> you, know, you know, there's yeah. just it's the hinting at some kind of Latin vibe. Yeah. Um that I, I feel like at that point is just part of R and B and part of hip hop. Yep. Uh, you know, came up comes up again and again over the years. Yeah. Uh but yes. <laughs> the Santana guitar solo would be right in key. That's it. all this song needs to be a
0: gold <laughs> record. <laughs> totally. Yeah.
1: And then I then I feel like, you know, carrying on after that, I wanna keep the energy up and I feel like if there's any failing in the sequencing in this record is like these next two songs right in totally a row. with you. And I almost feel like they are indistinguishable one to the next. And you know, never felt this way is a cover. Well, butterflies is the one she wrote when she was
0: 14. Interestingly, uh, if you look right there, yeah, uh, never felt this way is labeled as an interlude. Interlude, so it is. It's it's not a full track. Yeah. Now I didn't. I don't have it that way. The records don't have it that way. And right. I don't know. This is just Wikipedia. But I thought it was really interesting that that note was there because yeah. I married these two songs and they flow into each other without Pause. Mm-hmm. They, dr- they they just hand themselves off to each other. Right? And really,
1: yeah, butterflies is only distinguished because other instruments come in. Right. The guitar shows up. Right. Uh, other stuff starts to happen. And never felt this way is really just purely her at the piano. Again, it could be just a, a consideration of another palate cleanser before she kind of gets you into the, the the final movement. The final movement of the album. Yeah. It makes me think of maybe a live performance where it's like the late yep. set, kind of like I'm yep. just. It's just me with the spotlight just on me, sitting at my piano, yeah. doing my thing in front of everyone with their phones all glow yeah uh, and then we're gonna start to step it up and up and up
0: and so the only thing I have to say as far as I, I totally agree with you about these two songs but never felt this way to me I don't understand and I I need you to try oh. to explain to me Ooh, fun. how a song like this is written how the, because there seems to be very little relationship and again I think of everything as singer relating to song yeah right there seems to be so little relationship between the melody and the, the instrument. And, you know, I think about um, Billy Bra- a lot of Billy Bragg's music is just this sort of fl- free-flowing melody of ideas over this guitar that is sort of also there. <laughs> <laughs> and they work together in some sort of mysterious way that I just can't figure out. I don't know how I would ever... Go about singing never felt this way, let alone fucking writing it. Yeah, how is it done? Do do you know? I, do you know what mystery I'm after there? I
1: I think I do. Uh, Tell and, me. And guess I I feel like my thought here is that it really has to do with the vernacular of the particular writer, like whatever is comfortable to them and whatever is their sort of lingua franca. In the case of like Billy Bragg, I mean, he he's a poet with a guitar, right? Uh, you know, and I think there would be people. You're you're probably your wife included that would say that that is, you know, like a diminishment of his ability. And I like Billy Bragg; I think he's awesome, but he's not like a guitar virtuoso. He no. has the things that he's comfortable with, right? And saying a poet and the guitar does not diminish either of those skills. Like right. he's a musician, yes. Um, but so I feel like his vernacular is the 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 chords that he's got at his disposal on the guitar yeah. and the words that he has. Yeah. And his individual voice is the way that those things come out. Right. And I feel like um, this this song is another example of that. I would wager that it was written on piano. Yeah. The whole way that it comes out, everything that it it does has that kind of like those piano voicings and the kind of arpeggios and everything, the individual notes that you're kind of riding along with your fingers. It feels good to do. Yep. And I imagine that this came out probably just completely, my guess, I could be completely wrong, that a certain chord figure was discovered on the piano. And they're like, oh... And you know, it it just whatever kind of comes out naturally out of your voice as you're putting those that that chord figure and you're repeating that chord figure until you find something that you're singing out loud, singing gibberish, yeah, that feels like it hangs on top of that based on your individual taste. I mean, like, could I sing? I keep leaning back on Joni Mitchell, but for whatever reason, I feel like there's some relationship here between uh Joni Mitchell and Alicia Keys, yeah, like I can't sing any of her stuff, which right. is completely obvious by my attempt at covering <laughs> Help Me. Right. Well, she's got a particular vernacular. Yeah. Uh, and like, we, I remember talking about it, like she's got too many words coming on, and her phrasing's weird and blah, 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 blah. I mean, of course, I would never take that away from her because it's remarkable, but I, I feel like some some writers write for everyone to sing this land is your land is not of course doesn't have a yes. quirky vernacular yes, totally uh but right. some writers are just writing because this is the idea that they're trying to express and they're trying to get their particular voice across and there's room for both what alicia keys manages to do with this song is to take what is you know those what maybe feels like two disparate things and and puts her own performance across
0: right uh, they look so let me be clear yeah. They look like two disparate things, but they don't seem like two mm-hmm. disparate. And I just don't understand how you get there. And I, buy, I, I get everything you're saying, and I buy that, yeah. that it's the, the sort of mystery of the artist, except that she didn't write this one. Yeah. So what the hell? So she heard his version <laughs> and had that to start from, thankfully, and
1: that at least gives you a basis from where to start. And she
0: I- somehow was able to hear what he did... And like catch it, yeah, and do it, and 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 I don't know—is this her playing and singing? I would it, guess. Yeah, I, I would guess. I would guess. Too. I mean, I've got
1: the complete. Uh, do you? You know, I don't want to go through and necessarily right, right take enough for the everything. Time. But yeah. Um. But I would. I would guess. I mean, she. I think part of her. Like Holstee's is that she plays piano. Sure, sure. I just <laughs> and didn't she know for this particular
0: because this is one of the few that she didn't write. I didn't know but maybe she didn't play it. I yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's just that's... very impressive to me. Yeah, I, I just so as much as this is not one of my you know top tracks, not not even top five tracks off this album, in some ways it's the most impressive to me. Interesting and mysterious and and sort of lets you know that this is somebody that is doing her thing. That's funny. You know? It, yeah. I
1: didn't... To me, this song feels relatively straightforward, and maybe it's because I do play piano. Right. So I'm that could, used to kind of like doing a those sort of, of like tinkly figures yep. and like kind of faking a melody on top of it so that... And maybe that's why I'm able to imagine a hypothetical yeah. songwriting session. Yeah. Because I've done that. So you also
0: the, have the advantage of having good rhythm, which I don't
1: have. I don't know, but, you know. <laughs> I think you do. Ah, um, uh, you know. But uh, but I think that rhythm is a lot harder to feel with these sort of arpeggiated things. Right. in The way that it's not with the guitar, where especially if it's someone like Billy Bragg who's like hacking away at all six strings at a time, and it really is a rhythm instrument. Yeah. You know, in his hands, uh, you know, the piano in, in in this song is really like sort of a counterpoint to the melody. Right. So while they mesh together, it doesn't have that really strong sense of pulse.
0: And it and that without that really strong sense of pulse, that stresses me as a singer out. So it makes it Completely when, when I when I hear somebody do it and do it this well, I'm just floored because I'm like, how do you push through the anxiety of not having that pulse to kind of keep you? on track well frankly because she's the
1: one providing it to herself she's accompanying herself and that's i mean one of the wonderful things about being able to accompany yourself is that you know when you want to take a pause yeah you know you feel in your heart and in your in your blood where the rhythm is so you know the the challenge then is to put that across so that the audience kind of has a has an intuitive feeling for it too Mm. but you can trust yourself to kind of stay (laughs) in sync i uh, should i should practice more uh i mean give it (laughs) give it a shot you know like yeah there's there's uh an endless it's i mean that's one of the things that's so wonderful about learning an instrument or you, know, you whatever you put into it you will get back
0: uh butterflies i feel like is a bit oh, of a chops demo
1: yeah yes that's a great
0: shorthand just like the song check this out yeah i mean there there's some serious playing in that song
1: yeah and i feel like this is one of the ones that like it's it's <laughs> it's clear that she's been at this song for several years <laughs> Right, right She wrote it when she was 14 She's right. clearly very emotional. This is one of the first three, right? Attached to it, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yep it, it it sounds like an early song Yep It's got that sort of feeling to it
0: It's in the right spot on the record, I'll tell you that Yes, Yeah. it is If and you're going to keep it, keep it there
1: I mean and, and I, I think it's worth being there this does it does feel like a debut debut album song
0: well this was her first song yeah I'm just looking this is the first song that she wrote uh, of the songs on the album this one she had written first Whew. so when she was 14 she wrote this whoa yeah
1: yeah right 14 yeah I mean but but you listen to it I mean it it, it does and it doesn't I mean I say that that it sounds like an you know a debut album song. It does. I mean, but and I, I say that just in, in terms of like the musical vocabulary that yeah. she It's clearly someone who doesn't have a mastery of music theory yet and that sort of thing at the time that this song was written. But what she has is four years of playing it. Yep. So she plays and For like sings. Like two years. Yeah,
0: two years. <laughs> so she sings the shit out of it. Yes,
1: and she has a really strong emotional attachment to it, and that right. comes across in the right. way she sings it.
0: Her best lyrics on the album are not on this on this track. Exactly. Her best playing on the album is not necessarily on her the best most, singing uh, on the album is not necessarily on this track. The, but yes, but exactly. this is definitely the the most well worn and comfortable shoe on the album.
1: Yeah, this now. is the one that you would, could hear her play anytime, just yeah. her and a piano in yeah. a folk place, you yep. know, or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then so then it, it, it we, we start to uh, arch back up of the bell finally. These uh, are my favorite two on the album.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Why do I feel so bad in Cage Bird? Interesting. No, I'm sorry. I, I forgot about Why Do I Feel So Bad. It's Cage Bird and the Hidden Track that I love so much. I really
1: like Why Do I Feel So Bad. I really am so happy to hear that bass come in at that point though. Like I just I wanna feel something again. It's yeah,
0: you know, I'm listening even, to it now. Yeah. Even yeah. as a
1: piano player, like I can I'm I have a lot of uh, <laughs> patience and support and respect for piano-y kind of arrangements yeah. but you know I just I like music that feels good and especially there's so much just like good grooves and jams in this record like I'm just so happy to have it back yeah like oh yeah the acoustic interlude is over and you know, she's, <laughs> the, you know the spotlight on the piano in the middle of the stage is now widening back up and the band is back they right, right, right. all had a drink much ready- wider sound yes
0: yeah. give it to me oh uh, yeah I yeah. buy that I buy that yeah Nothing uh, particularly hooks me about the lyrics or this you know, it's not, it's an unspectacular song, but it is certainly, as I've said about, you know, every other track, it's (laughs) quality tracks. Nothing nothing but quality here. Right.
1: Yeah. I just, I I like feeling the groove back in there. I really like this bass part. It's a great bass line. For sure. And then here we go. So your two
0: favorites. My two faves. Caged Bird, I think... Pushes this sort of great collection over the edge into legendary status, in yeah. in as much as the you know, um, in as much as never felt this way is sort of ethereal. Mm-hmm. Caged bird has a little, just enough more structure that I don't have any of that stress anymore. But that booooolooloo, right, grounds it so much. Yeah, and her singing is just so spectacularly intimate and subtle yeah and tonally rich yeah I mean she just has a, a real mastery of her instrument um I was I was floored by this track listening to it the first time I can still remember I was sitting on a bus headed back to my apartment in Southie listening to this hmm. uh record and this particular song came on and I just thought like I've been having a good time with this record, but holy shit! Yeah, this is really something.
1: It is. It makes me think of Otis Redding for whatever reason. Huh? You know, something about those the chord changes and everything. But yeah, her her performance on this is really, really awesome. I think this one, I confess, probably only falls short for me because of where it's placed in the record. And at this point, like i'm like i'm ready to be done yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like whoo i don't have i don't have any more uh ears for subtlety at right, this right, point right. in the album and that there is a lot of subtlety that you are rewarded by if you give it fresh ears
0: but man that voice yeah on headphones her vocal in this particular track to me just pushes i, I hear i feel what you're feeling there yeah But it goes out the window when she starts to sing the shit out of
1: this song. And that's just the magic. That's the part to me. You were talking about the songwriting part of Feeling Magical. To me, the magic is in being able to capture this kind of performance on record. I I don't know. It just doesn't happen that much. With this kind of level of energy and and proficiency and, and everything. If a record is a recording and a document of a certain point in time in someone's career, wow, I feel like this goes so far beyond... That in terms of just like
0: sheer performance, yeah, yeah, and and subject matter. I mean, to be clear, this is a nineteen-year-old person who, on her first record, in her chosen career, she dropped out of Columbia to make music. Yeah, accepted to Columbia, dropped out as a freshman to make music instead, and she decides to cover Prince (laughs) and write an original song about Maya Angelou's work on her debut record like she is clearly afraid of absolutely nothing and whatever she this is this is what this track says to me she is willing to take on any thought that she has and explore it as fully and completely and express it as artistically intimately as possible and and
1: yeah and be worthy of it. Yes. And be
0: like, this, why not? Yes.
1: I don't need to be afraid of this. No. This is what I feel. This is what I'm interested in. That's the lesson of this album. I yeah. Think. Yeah. None of the, you don't have to be ashamed right. to to kind of not stand on the shoulders of the greats. Right. But to, you know, to be inspired by them. To
0: help them carry art forward. Yes. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's great yeah and then we we then we bring it on home with, we land uh, it so well with loving you <laughs> this
0: hidden track or whatever i i don't remember how far it says hidden track here
1: yeah i mean and of course what i have is the uh google play right. playlist which right. just calls it loving you
0: yeah so. i was <laughs> i was listening to uh cracker kerosene hat the other day yeah right which you is such a, that. i love that record so much and uh uh there's a small track before it but Eurotrash girl, Trash girl original on the cd it was like i think it was like 40 minutes yeah. after the end of the final track quote so unquote 40. of the album that eurotrash girl this other little track and then eurotrash girl would start so it was a real hidden track yeah. and the and the 40 minutes was handled if i'm remembering correctly with like 27 40 second tracks or something like that right it it was yeah total assholes and it was (laughs) so so great shuffle right you would just get these like gaps (laughs) or whatever right oh man I loved it so much and uh, it's a great great record but I was listening to the record from beginning to end yeah, and I was a little sad to just go from the last track of the record right into Euro Trash uh, Method highway whatever the hell it is and yeah. then you're a trash girl and... something
1: that's lost in the modern format which right. i think is really interesting right. and hidden tracks like that are exclusive to compact discs yeah you couldn't do that on vinyl
0: nope couldn't do it on you, tape you
1: couldn't do it on tape right yep that is cd only yeah and i hadn't really really registered that into that's a gym. great point yeah yeah and because you just kind of let it go and you can see the track the number of tracks or whatever right but you don't necessarily know how much material is on a cd the cd looks the same and yeah. you're not looking at the stylus on it um and you're not looking at the number of uh, the amount of tape disappearing right so that's the only place where they could kind of sneak that up on you because, such a good point yeah now in the digital age like it just couldn't happen before just, and now they don't bother yeah. And it, but it just would go on to the next thing, right? You know, right? Like you, what you would have to do to do a hidden track nowadays is to stack up a massive amount of blank space at the end on a track, on a track, on a file. Which I don't think anyone would
0: want to do that. I hope somebody tries, because <laughs> I miss it. Rockmore is I, one, I, number two. I, yeah, please, please, will you guys do that? That would be great. I would love that to do a hidden track. Please do a hidden track <laughs> on your next record. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, again, we
1: would be pissing off anyone who would listen on Shuffle, right? Because then you'd have this track with all this space at the end. like what the
0: hell? Hey, you know, but that's up to them.
1: Loving You is a really fun song. This is one of the songs where she is most uh, wearing her uh, influences on her sleeve. Obviously, yep. Aretha Franklin. Aretha. Whoa, Motown yep. Yep. in general. All kinds of 60s Motown. And it
0: feels like she's carrying the baton and who eventually, Amy Winehouse takes it eventually, yes. right? It makes me think of Amy a lot. This yeah, song. it
1: does. Yep. Yeah, but it isn't um it, it still more or less has an arrangement that feels like the nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Amy yeah. Winehouse is like very specifically going for we're sounding like Motown. Yeah. Um yeah. but this is like just of it of its of its time. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great another great performance, but it's very much out of the Motown playbook. Like, you know, as we were learning it to do the cover, it's like, Oh yeah. yeah. It's not this other thing. It's it's actually the predictable thing. This right, is what right. we do here. Okay, right. right, got it, got it.
0: And like I said, verse chorus, verse bridge, chorus, 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 chorus. So we're just not trying to say too much, not trying to do too much. Yeah. It's just sort of there. Yep. Um, but beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> and,
1: by the way, we just hit an hour and 20 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so what can you do for that long? This, this, and we really tried to keep it in under an hour. And here we are going long again. That's um, what you
0: get for trying to do that on a, a 18, 16 track album.
1: We, of course we picked it. So yep. we are at fault, but in another way, we're not at fault because wow. we wanted to give each song, uh, it's due. And we wanted to give this album, it's due. And I'm glad we did. It's a, it's a great listen. Um, and, and it's one that, uh, you know, I, I think at this point I am ready to take a break from because we've got some really juicy stuff Ooh. coming up. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's as as we've been doing these episodes, I've been creating a, an, an extending playlist of the albums that we've done. And, oh, you know, fun. And then they kind of, you know, and I'll play That's that so playlist smart. and shuffle. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, oh, this oh this one, oh, this one. And they're oh all just uh, welcome friends. Why have I
0: not done that? I'm going to do that like on the way home. Yeah. And well, please, <laughs> please drive safe. I will. Save I will it will for drive the red safe. lights. <laughs> Um, but
1: uh, yeah, so I, I think we've 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 tied up Alicia Keys' uh, songs in A minor in a bow. Uh, you thank know, you, Alicia. Yeah, thank you so much. What a and great album! Check out her performances at the Grammys, where she's you know rocking those two pianos. Impressive. Yeah, it's good stuff. What are we doing next week? We are for track nine of our ten track season slash album. Woo! Uh, you know we're going yet again another pivot uh, in a different direction. So. Um, I really wanted to fit a jazz album in. Yeah, um, we
0: talked about a couple different ones. We did, right. and
1: and I and I, I think we're <clears throat> not going quite jazz because this this sort of like checks a couple boxes. Yep. Uh, and we're just we're gonna do Gets Gilberto. Yeah. Looking uh, forward to that. Uh, it's oh uh, man. What a fun one! And you know what we're gonna have with that? Obviously, like it's Brazilian, it's Bossa Nova. We've got to have some sort of fruity beverage.
0: I we're think. gonna have cayenne. Yes. Oh yes, we are. <laughs> we just need to get a bartender. Okay. So if anybody wants to come by, yeah. <laughs> please <laughs> let us know. Nine three seven P Tim. Give us a call at nine three seven P Tim, and we will have you the shaker, you know, or the blender, like on <laughs> while
1: we are recording. Yeah. Um but uh, you know, I'm really excited to, to do this one. I almost feel like I wish this is the one that we had a lot of time to prep on it because, oh my gosh, to like properly get into a jazz <sighs> yeah. record. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, but I'm really excited that th- this is the one we're doing because I think it, it's it got so much going
0: for it. So we hope you can join us for that. Yes. Uh, and we look forward to uh, connecting with you then.
1: And thanks for hanging with us this whole time. Um, And we're going to leave you yeah. with our cover
0: of Loving You. Because we love you. We do.
1: Next For time. Uh, Pete
0: and Tim, this is record time. <laughs> Talk to <laughs> you soon. If I gave you forever, would you take care of me? Would you take me for granted? Run away. Those wonderful things that you do, they got me feeling in love with you, in love with you, love. Loving you is easy Comes so natural I would give you laughter Oh, so much more than that Yes, I would Anything you're after I'm going to climb the highest mountain to bring it back. You better believe those wonderful things that you do. They got me feeling in love with you, in love with you, love. Sure.